this con, this, uh, this series on love. And as we've been talking about love, you know, I've heard from some of you, some of you have said, you know, we got into the study and be honest, Steve, I wasn't very excited. I mean, I thought it was okay and all, but I mean, I just, we've, we've studied love. We know about love, right? We've even said before, we inherently get love and understand it on a personal level. We said that, but what we're hearing from people is this, that as they're engaging this study and really engaging this biblical concept and biblical understanding of, of, of agape love, this Jesus love of, 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 of action in service to those that we're committed to outside of emotion and feeling, that it's literally kind of ch- it's literally changing the way you view relationships and the way that you view God. And that's been the desire, right? We want to be a people who, who love so well that people are just drawn to us like they were drawn to Jesus. And that's what we're hoping will happen. As we, as we really engage this biblical understanding, this true, authentic understanding that Jesus had of love, agape love, this, 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 this action in service in this committed relationship that we're in, whether to our spouse or to our enemy, that we're coming alongside and giving our life away to them. And that as we love like this, that it changes the world and specifically changes the community that we live in and kind of just spreads out. That's what we're hoping and believing God for. And this understanding of love. So, what, so the, the topic this week is this. Love is selfless. Love is selfless. Now, you know, obviously, the opposite or the antithesis of, of selflessness is selfishness. You know, and I'm going to give you a definition here in a few minutes of what that is, but I don't really have to, right? Because every single person in this room, they know when they're experiencing selfishness in someone else, don't they, right? When your kids are being selfish, you inherently know that they're being selfish. You know when your spouse is being selfish, don't you? In fact, you probably tell them how selfish they're being. We inherently understand selfishness. And one of the great tragedies for us as, as humanity is that we, we have a hard time seeing our own selfishness, don't we? That we sometimes are blinded by our own selfishness. Right. So selfishness, this idea has in mind, I'm going to just give this this definition, right, has in mind seeking out personal gain, selfishness, seeking out personal gain with complete disregard of how it affects another person, seeking out personal gain with complete disregard of how it affects another or what is best for another, seeking out personal gain, having having complete disregard for what is best for another. And we inherently understand this, right? Selfishness, we get it. We, we see it. We know when it's happening. But I would say that this morning that, that selfishness, that it is unbelievably damaging. It is unbelievably damaging. I just want to read this to you from James chapter 3, verse, verse 16. He says this, For where you have envy... And selfish ambition, where you have envy or selfishness, selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. Where selfishness is, is, is running rampant, where selfishness is, is present in relationships, right? Because you only have selfishness in the context of relationship. You know what I'm getting at, right? A person can be, if a person's by themselves living their own life, you really can't have selfishness. Why? Because they're only by themselves. But when they're living in the context of somebody else, selfishness is going to be exhibited. Why? Because they're seeking their own gain 
with that with complete disregard for the person sitting in front of them. And so there's no love and selfishness. There's only true love, agape, God love in the context of selflessness. Therefore, where you have selfish ambition, you find disorder. How many of you know any relationships or marriages today where disorder is present? How many of you know any relationships with children that parents have that there is disorder? Maybe because of a high level of selfishness, right? There's this disorder. Disorder is a powerful word, isn't it? That where selfishness is present, there is disorder. And it goes on and says, and that's in every evil practice. We have to be a people who are living in this place of selflessness. If you turn that back around, it says that is selflessness has in mind seeking out others' gain with a complete disregard of how it affects me. Right? Seeking out another person's gain with complete disregard of how it affects me or complete disregard about what's best for me. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 and 4, just real quick, this is your homework for the week, okay? Read Philippians chapter 2. This verse says, chapter 3, verse 3 of 4, chapter 2 of Philippians says, Do nothing, Paul speaking, do nothing out of selfish ambition, do nothing out of vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of of others, right? There's this beautiful picture of selflessness. In fact, Paul continues to go on in Philippians chapter 2. You can read it, right? Jesus, who being in very nature with God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but taking the very nature of, of a servant, he became humble to death, even death on a cross. So it should be with us. Go read Philippians 2. Because he begins to paint this picture of selflessness, of dying to selfish ambition, dying to selfishness. First Corinthians 13, this is what we've been looking at in our study, the primary verse. says, love is not rude. Love is not self-seeking. It's not selfish, right? It's not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. How many of you recognize a lot of, there's a righteous anger. It's not what it's talking about here. Righteous because there's an injustice occurring. The type of anger that's talking about here is when, when, when in your selfishness you get offended because someone's not doing what you want them to do. That you're not getting what you want in a selfish way, right? And you're easily angered because you're not getting what you want. Your life is about what you want rather than what's about best for someone else, right? The selfishness is saying love is not easily angered, right? Selfishness does not raise its head easily in the context of a, of a, of a selfless love relationship, right? It keeps no record of wrongs. True love keeps no record of wrongs. It's selfless, not selfish. 
selfish, right? It's not just seeking out one's own personal gain. It's about being aware of other people. Now, listen, I'm not saying that we can live completely unaware of self, right? That would be unchristlike. Jesus, he got tired, so he went to bed, right? Jesus, he would be around all these people pressing in on him. They needed things from him. There were things they needed. And Jesus looked at him and says, I've got to pull away. Right. We we have these times where I have to be aware of myself. I have to be aware of recharging with Jesus. I have to be aware of my nature relationship with Jesus. Right. I have to be aware of of my own personal interaction with Jesus as a priority of life. Listen, they always say your your life should be ministry and ministry in your life should always be an overflow and excess of your relationship with Jesus. You're not giving people the 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 heart of, of the best of yourself in a sense, like this part, this nature of relationship with Jesus for yourself, you're giving them the overflow. You see what I'm getting at? That, that you're so full of Jesus that there's overflow. That's what's going in ministry to people. Why? Because we need Jesus. We need our own relationship with him. We need to walk with him, right? There's a, a level it's okay to be selfish about our relationship with Jesus. Jesus, you're my priority and nothing can ever creep in in that. But as I express ministry in life, listen, Listen, no one ever became before the Father in Jesus' life. You see what I'm getting at? Nothing ever came before the Father. Jesus' relationship with Father was always his priority. Everything else was secondary. He was selfish about that relationship. I'm selfish with my, with my time, with my wife and my kids. Listen, I love you, but you don't come first. Right? She comes first. My kids, they come before you. Right. If I'm going to a softball game because I need to show my love to my kids and you call me with a massive issue, I'm good chance I'm going to choose the softball game and I'll get to you after I get done. Why? Because I'm selfish with my priorities and my relationship with my wife and my kids. I'm priority with my relationship with father. Everything else comes second. But as I live my life in ministry, I am saying, but Jesus is not personally what's best for me all the time. God, I want to give my life away. Right? I want to live selfless. I want to love selflessly. You all, I think inherently we understand how this works in our lives. It's not rocket science. It's pretty straightforward. Right? I'm looking at people saying, I want you to succeed. And I want to give my life, Tim, to help that make that happen, bro. That's what I'm here for. Now, there are times I can't do that. I've got to give myself to my kids and my wife. And times I can't invest in the vintage because I've got to priority of relationship with Jesus and them. But in my life, it's about living selflessly. So this morning, what I want to do in a second is I want to invite Molly and Dylan Phila to come forward. And when, when in, in their life, they are, again, they're just extended family members, just happen to be serving a different context of the world than we are. But as you hear their story, what you're going to find and see, and I want you to, I want you to be thinking, love is selfless, love is selfless in the words that they're speaking, okay? I want you to, as they tell their story, I want you to, just to focus in on the selflessness of their lives and what's happening in the context of ministry that they're doing. If they tell their story, they would say, and they could tell you, yes, we're selfish and we're, we're not perfect in this, right? But, but, but they are living this, they're like, they're just like us. They're not perfect, but they have an expression of life saying, listen, but we want to follow Jesus and following Jesus, he's led us to do ministry here and live selflessly, sacrificing our life so that they may know Jesus, right? 
That's what we're going to see. And so I'm going to invite them to come in a second. But let me go ahead and pray for us as, as, as we launch in, and I'll invite them up. Father, oh, this is Molly and Dylan. Everybody say hello. All right. Make sure it's perfect. There you go. All right. Well, Molly, oh, Dylan, you get the microphone first. Um, first and foremost, you know, yes, mix, yes. Um, first and foremost, welcome. We're glad that you're here. And um, why don't you just, uh, just for everybody's sake, those who don't know you, Give us a quick bio of who you are, how you got to, how you got to India, and all that kind of jazz. Sure. Yeah, um, great. Well, thanks for having us. Um, you're welcome. I was, uh, uh, like I said before, uh, you know, I, I feel like if, if you're lucky, I may tell you how to pronounce my middle name <laughs> within a few years here. Yeah, good so just That's like tier one, though, yes. so you've got to Remember keep. going deeper, man. This yeah, is good. Yeah, so someday. We'll get someday, there. thanks, yeah. dude. Um, yeah, we're, we're Dylan and Molly, and uh, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's uh, it's been it's really great to be here. I mean, we really feel like I mean, we've met so many of, of y'all from uh, that have come through India over the years, and uh, just feel like in, in a real way, it's like kind of coming to coming home to, to church. So it's been really great, really great to be here and had a great week. So um, we've been we've been in India uh, for <clears throat> about five years now. Um, we have two, two excuse me two kids born uh, born in India, Asher and Elijah. Um, Three and uh, three and a half and two. Asher is the the little white kid with the Indian accent, so you can pick him out. He does have an Indian <laughs> accent, uh, so he's he's back there. Um, and uh, we've, uh, you know, it's been it's India has been always been a part of our lives um, since we've been together. Um, we're right now we're we're we have you know we're involved with Daughters of Hope, which is a a business and a ministry, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, kind of our initial, you know, how how we came to do what we're doing. Um, Really, uh, initially, I guess it was during uh, during college for me. We ha- I had uh, somebody that came and spoke at at my college um, at John Brown University in, in Arkansas, and uh, just shared about India. And I was really in, just really touched, and the Lord was stirring in my heart. And I actually took a semester off at that time and went to India for six months. Just kind of had never been out of the country before. Just got in a plane and I went with this group and uh, spent six months there. Um, Really, just God just kind of opened my eyes to some things and just completely changed my, I mean, the focus of my Christian walk um, during that time. And uh, it was after coming back from there um, that Molly and I started dating at that time, and uh, she was very interested in India as well. And that, I mean, I, I really kind of probably used that India card, you know, to get in there well with her. That worked out good for me. Um, so, and, and uh, she, she's always had a heart as well, though she hadn't been there before either. She had a heart, and, and after we were married, we, we, spent, we went back and spent <clears throat> some, some more time there, about, uh, about six months more there during that time. And during that visit was when we first came down to Bangalore, South India, where we live now, and met uh, Tammy Hutchins, who runs a Cure by Homes, who many of you um, are familiar with. And at that time, we were really impressed with what was going on and just told ourselves we'd like to come back here someday. So a few years after that, there was an opportunity for us to go back to Cure Bay Homes, and we kind of went on long-term as staff at Cure Bay Homes for two years. And so that was our first, kind of, that was our first time to commit and say, okay, we're going we're to move into India now. We're, we're done with these six-month trips, and we're going to move. And, and we really feel called, love the, love, love the country, and, and feel called here. And so we spent two years at, at, at Cure by Homes, and um, just during that time saw, 
you know, we had in our hearts that God had put in this to do some sort of business as, as missions. We had been involved in business before and had, had a small import company dealing with some stuff from India and, and really felt like, you know, God's, he wants to, he, we had this kind of vision, but didn't really see how it was going to work out. We were, we were working with uh, uh, the children's home and, and at that time started seeing some needs in our local community, uh, specifically among poor uh, women and families uh, within our church and with uh, some of the community that we were connected with. And really felt like God kind of starting to stir us and say, you know, this is going to be the next phase of what, of what I have for you in India. Um, so, uh, you know, we've, we've been, uh, uh, we started Daughters of Hope um, just about a year and a half ago um, and, uh, and have, have been doing that um, uh, since then. So I'll let Molly share. Yeah, I, I just kind of want to give you a picture of, um, I guess, why we're working with women in India. Um, some of you have been there, so you can picture this, and others of you may not be able to picture it at all, but we're actually going to show a video later to give you a visual. But um, women, poor, uneducated women in India, they they have a, a very, very difficult life. There's no opportunities for them. Um, pretty much there's two jobs that a poor, uneducated woman can get, and one is construction work, which is very different than it is here. You, um, They live outside in a tent on the construction site with their family. Um, they kind of live as nomads, I guess, and just, um, and they, the construction work is tough. They don't have any machinery, so they do everything by hand. They make the stones by hand. They carry them on their head, and these are women doing this, and, and their kids are out there with them, and, um, and they're barely making enough to survive. So that's one option. Another option is um, house cleaning, which many of the women that we work with now used to do house cleaning, and they would get paid like $15 a month. And so it's even in India, that's not enough to live on. So, um, so we started seeing these women in our community, and they had they were uneducated. The average um, education level in our group is about third or fourth grade, but some of the women have never been to school a day in their life. So, so we're seeing these women that that need an opportunity. Um, many of them, most of them, actually have alcoholic husbands and are in abusive um, relationships, and so. So that also is working against them. And, and so our hearts, um, God started stirring in our hearts, um, for these, for these women that, that were in our community and, and kind of connecting our, our passion for business as missions with, um, with the women that, um, we were building relationships with in our community. Um, so then that kind of, birth daughters of hope and so um we started with 14 women and now we have 50 women and so we're growing and um god's doing some really cool stuff but we actually have a video to show you kind of give you a visual of that yeah let me say before just before we launch this video i want you to i'm going to kind of just kind of set it up in a sense of you have Molly and Dylan, right? They're extended family. In reality, they're missionaries, right? They're going and serving. So you have them being obedient to the Lord and going. They started this business. Now, a lot of you who aren't necessarily connected in the ministry world and of missions may recognize, but uh, in my opinion, one of the primary uh, ways that God is moving the area of missions worldwide are by raising up people like Molly and Dylan who can step in doing business, Listen, have you ever thought about how strange it might sound to a person living somewhere that they're just coming from America and people giving them lots of money to come and just hang out with them, right, and, and, do, and, and share Jesus with them? It sounds weird. But as people come and say, actually, we're, we've come and we're doing a business, it gives them this credibility, it gives them this platform, this gives them this 
amazing opportunity in a different context. Not that we're sliding any other missionary, but it is a different context and different platform to come and to do business, right? And, and as such, you do that as ministry. So what we're going to see in this video, I just want to set that up because as you watch the video, I want you to think of established effective business and established and effective ministry working like this. And it's powerful because I sat with, we sat last night um, uh, during Randall's game. It was really funny. She was sitting there. We, like, we heard this random, yeah! And I, I looked at Molly and said, Alabama just scored a touchdown, right? It was really funny. But, um, but it was just, we were sitting here talking, and it was just this, this understanding that, again, they're just two people, right? Just two people just like us who see everything that they're doing as ministry in the context of even the business that they're doing. And so when you watch the video, I don't want you to think, oh, that's so precious that they're doing that. You're thinking, God, how does this challenge me to be Christ and to be Jesus in the community in which I live? You're going to hear the words community transformation on this video. That's our vision. They're happy to do it in the context of business's mission they're missionaries because we're all missionaries. Again, so I'm just trying to, I'm, I'm belaboring this point. I recognize that, but I want to do so because I don't want you to go, oh, that's so sweet. The cool missionaries are here and they're doing neat stuff. No, this is simply a challenge to each of us of the call that we have and whatever the business is that God's called us to, whether it's raising our children, whether it's hanging out with our neighbors or literally doing a nine to five or somewhere. It's called, we're called by God to do it as missionaries. Right. And every business that we're in, we're called to make it as mission. We just get to see the expression of what they're doing here in this video. So with that side, go ahead. Awesome. Well, good. So this is a snapshot again of business and ministry and ministry really is ministry. And, and so take some time. And, and obviously we just saw some of the ladies here and some of the children, but uh, just tell us some of your some stories uh, that you think would be good for us to know that would kind of even bring a greater clarification and snapshot into what's going on at Daughters. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah we've uh, um, we've really seen uh, so, some really great things um, happening. Uh, like we, you know, we we have kind of a you know as a business and, and as a, as a as a, as a ministry as well, you know, there, there, are, there are different things that, that we had to focus on. I mean, our, our goal is, as a, as a business, to kind of uh, have a you know, self-sustaining and successful uh, business where we can continue to grow and taking on more people, but at the same time um, be, being able to uh, do a lot of our extra stuff as far as our ministry stuff um, uh, that we do as well. And, and the video shared a little bit, but I think why don't you yeah, share Yeah, I can that. share you um, about our ministry side. We, we have a couple things that we do. Um, we have our morning prayer, which you saw on there, and, and we have small group prayer every um, Monday where we just meet in groups of like six or seven, which has been really awesome just to, we come together each week with the same group and share our prayer requests and um, it ends up being at least an hour of us just praying together. And um, the Lord's been doing some really cool stuff in our prayer groups. Just we're praying for husbands. That's our big thing we're praying for. Um, 
it's because so many of the women are having, you know, abusive issues with their husbands. And so we're praying. And then the next week we have some women coming back saying, my husband's not beating me anymore. Like, my husband's not drinking anymore. And these things that they, their husbands have been doing for years. And they're like, Jesus is coming and he's just wiping it all out, you know. And so it's it, that's really been awesome to see. Um, we also have um, our ministry aspect. We have our, our daycare, which you saw the kids up there, um, a free daycare for um, women so that they can come. If they have small kids, they can come and um, work with us. And that's that's not anything. I mean, daycares aren't common in India. They don't even have nurseries at churches in India. So your kids are kind of always with you. And But um, we wanted to provide that so that so that women with small kids could also work with us and um and then also we have our food ministry as well so they come and have a free lunch every day and that's um that's been really great um Asha mentioned on the video that there's there's a couple women that that's the only meal they get during the day because even though we give a really good salary um it's some of them they are the only one bringing in money in their family so so it's the the husband's not working um and then or he might be draining the the money that the woman's getting and then and then their kids you know they may have three or four kids so so in order to have our food ministry it helps those it kind of alleviates some stress a little bit by giving them really good meals um we give them meat and vegetables and fruit things that they eggs things they might not be able to afford otherwise and uh, we do the same thing focus big time i'm i focus really big on when we get new kids and i just we give them eggs every day. We give them vitamins. And we've seen a lot of kids plump up since they've come to be with us, which has been awesome to see. So um, we get so excited, and me and the moms just cheer when they start getting chubby cheeks and stuff. So it's it's really cool. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, it's it's been really neat. We've seen you know, God's Spirit moving in a really unique way, specifically within the past really six months. Um, we really felt God calling us to, in a real intentional way, to be praying for our Hindu women, uh, for many of them in particular. Um, and so we kind of feel like God's, God's working in a unique way, almost um, specifically where we are in our, in our group. Um, we're, we're having that Jesus revealing himself in dreams and visions to several of our Hindu women. It's almost like I, I compare it like we're in a story of, a story of, uh, you, you know, Joseph and interpreting these dreams that sometimes these, some, we have some women coming, what does this mean? And, and to have that privilege to be, to be there. And we've, uh, it was um, uh, we had a we had a time of uh, a time of sharing the gospel and, and, a, and a devotion time during our one year anniversary, um, and, and during that time we we actually had several new uh, women. Um, we had some several new Hindu women that had joined recently, um, and uh, we kind of sh- you know I, I kind of shared the gospel a little bit um, and just kind of an overview of of Jesus, who he is, what it, what it looks like. So many Indians kind of view well, India is Hindu and America is Christian, and it's just kind of like it's just their culture, you know, but like. Um, there's this idea of not, no idea of who Jesus is or, or, or what he means to us as humanity and, and what he's done for us. And just sharing about that, um, uh, what Jesus' death and resurrection and, and grace, salvation through, through grace. And um, had a few days later, one of our w- women came and said, I, I had this vision. Um, I, I, I'm honestly kind of a little freaked out about this vision. I don't understand it. And we said, well, what, what, what is it? And she said, well, I had this vision of this man. I mean, he was, his arms were spread. He's bleeding from his, his wrists and his feet and on, on his head. And she said, who is this guy? It's kind of freaking me out. 
And, you know, I mean, we had shared the gospel, apparently left out the details of how Jesus had, had died because she was completely clueless. And we said, I mean, we had this opportunity to say, this is Jesus revealing himself to you. This is exactly how he died. Can you believe that? And it's just like, wow, you know, this is Jesus revealing himself to the to our Hindu women. Um, and we've had uh, um, another story of a, a woman um, who... Um, we could tell from early on she was very interested in, 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 in Jesus and in finding out who he, who he, who he is. And she'd asked for a Bible. Um, it, she, this was her on the video, actually, Shiva Ma, who, was, who shared her testimony. She'd actually asked for a Bible, was really interested um, in Jesus, and she asked for a Bible in her mother tongue. And, and, and it, the, the, one of the, the issues in, in Daughters of Hope for us is that we have a lot of languages represented. So within our group alone, there's seven mother tongues spoken. So, you know, not even everybody, uh, our Indians can communicate with each other. It's, it's just insane, even as far as India goes. And so we actually have, you know, know a language of Tamil and learning that um, and, and are focusing on that. Cause that's the primary language we have. But this woman is a, was not, does not speak Tamil. She speaks Telugu. She doesn't speak Tamil or English. So we're at this point where we could sense her, her, her interest in, in Jesus and we really couldn't communicate with her. Uh, even if we even if we wanted to do something, we couldn't. Um, and, and so uh, we just were really really praying for her specifically, knowing that she was hungry, knowing she was seeking for Jesus. And and during our uh, you know, and she she was really prompted during during one of our uh, kind of, one of our, our our times of prayer. And she came up to us at one point afterwards, and she said, um, uh, "I had a dream." And, she, and we said, "Great, what, what was it?" And she said, "Well, I dreamt that." I was I was at our office at Daughters of Hope with all of us there, um, and, and I was uh, we, were, we were all there. And, and, and Molly actually came up to me and really explained to me about Jesus in, in my own language. <laughs> and and this is like a language that we don't know. I mean, apparently Molly is fluent in the prophetic realm or something, but <laughs> not in in this life. Um, and, and, and she, so this is Jesus, like literally revealing himself to her, a deeper knowledge of understanding of, you know, what, 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 who is this Jesus? You know, I mean, we, we and to see this testimony of God, of God just really literally telling him, telling who he is to her in her, in her vision. And, and for us to be able to say, you know what? I was happy we couldn't do anything in the situation. We we didn't muck it up. You know, it's like God, God had what he wanted to do, and we were incapable of doing it even if we wanted to. We'd just pray, just pray into it, you know, reveal yourself. We know she's a hungry heart. She's broken. What We know it's what you love. And, and so he really met with her, um, and, and she's just had such an amazing turnaround. I mean, we've seen story after story of, of God really doing crazy things with our women. I mean, it's kind of like what we've wanted. It's our vision to just have, have this happen in our group, and we're seeing this. Uh, I, mean, I mean, women that, there's a woman that was, uh, actually, uh, she's struggling having, on her way to commit suicide, actually. She heard the Lord audibly say, this is not my plan for you. She turned around and walked back. She, I mean, and we have, we're, you know, we're, we're having a community where they can share these things, um, and, and we can grow together. Um, I mean, it's just a... It's it's so neat. I mean, it's so neat to see not only God's it's a, it's a confirmation for us to see well God's call us into this business, but ultimately our goal is eternal significance. I mean, you know, it's not we're not focusing on um, yes giving a job, yes giving giving deeper things like dignity and in value, but but we're not. It's not just if we do it just for this life. It's just a, it's a it's such a small good. It's almost negligent. It's almost just nothing. It's almost not even there. So you know our 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 goal is to really see lives transformed. 
transformed for eternity and eternal, eternal um, kind of consequence. So um, it's been so neat, I mean, to, to see him. And, and uh, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. So talk to me. I didn't ask this in the first service. So talk to us because we're about to pray for you all in just a few minutes. Um, briefly share. Uh, you meant to think about this one for a second, so I'll give you a second. But um, on a personal level. Just Molly and Dylan, part of the family. I mean, obviously, don't go into your deep, gory details, right? It's got to keep boundaries. But, but as it relates to things that you would like for us to know, like, hey, if we're being transparent on a personal level, this is what we're excited about being in family for, because you can support us and pray into this. What would be that? Just on a real, on a more personal level, outside of ministry and business and all that kind of stuff. What are some ways that we can come alongside of y'all in, in prayer and things y'all are praying for? Yeah, um, I mean, you know, we're we're definitely, I mean, as as much as it may sound like a general thing, I mean, we what what we really desire is 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 you know is, is for um, just people to be praying, you know, and that's and God is is moving, and we're and there's still some of our women that we know that God is just knocking on their on the door of their heart, and, and we're just wanting to pray them into the kingdom and just continue to to lift up in prayer, and that's something that we've. Um, been just students of over the past uh, few years as students of, of of learning about the power of prayer. I mean, definitely spending time at, at, at Tammy's home and just seeing not only the power of prayer, but the power of people, you know, behind us in prayer and, and just lifting things up and and just seeing how God really works, you know. And so that's that's huge. Um, um, another thing I know for sure is language. I mean, like we had mentioned, um, language is, is we, we have, we're focusing on our language, but it's it's tough to, to, I mean, obviously learning a second language is tough anyway, but in our particular situation, we're speaking this language of Tamil, which is not actually spoken in our area of India very much at all, because most of the women that are, we're working with are actually uh, minorities from the neighboring state where they speak that language. And so we're speaking this language, but kind of when we go out and just, you know, in all of the kind of language lear- learning lessons, you kind of immerse yourself in the culture, you speak it in the market, you speak it in your neighborhood, you speak it here and there. We don't really have an opportunity to speak it much except in our group, and I give the analogy. It's, it's, it's almost similar to, you say, say a Chinese person is, comes to America to try to learn Spanish. So you're, you don't speak the language of the way you're living, and you're trying to learn a different language. So it's extremely tough, and, it, and we've made some progress, but we're, we know that there's some depth in relationships that are um, there in language that we really want to just continue to push for. So, so just kind of praying about what that's going to look like and, and, and to continue to go deeper in that as well. Good. Um, yeah. Is there anything, Molly, for you? There's nothing that's good. I guess I, I think of one thing. Uh, we really we have a church that we're plugged into, but I I think it's a desire for me to to have a church family there that we just really feel connected with, and that's been a that's been a really a big struggle um, for us is finding a church family to really connect with there. So that's something that I would appreciate your prayer on is um, is for us to find that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Very good, very good. Well, just to end, uh, for, and then we're going to go into a unique time of prayer for us. Um, a couple of ways that you guys can get plugged in. Number one, again, you have business, Daughters of Hope over here. There are three components, okay? Daughters of Hope, business over here, it's self-sustaining really. But what, you, what you're hearing is you also have Daughters of Hope ministry, which is basically ministry that Molly and Dylan are really leading the charge in for the women who are at Daughters of Hope. And it's taking about $800 a month, close to $10,000 a year 
to, to make that ministry happen. If you remember last January, we took up a, a unique special offering at Vintage for a little over $6,000 that has helped carry them through this year. Right now, they don't have that big gift waiting for them for the upcoming year. They're just trusting God, believing in faith, and we're praying alongside of them. But I'm going to encourage you. Uh, I want to encourage you to say, God, is that something you would have our family to begin investing into, okay? Uh, it's Daughters of Hope as the ministry part, these, the food and the, um, the daycare, the parts that they're, that they're naming here. I want to encourage you to pray into that and to give. The second component is Molly and Dylan as extended family slash missionaries, okay? Uh, like I said before, vintage... Uh, Every time we take of an offering, we take part of that money, we set it aside, and each month we give Molly and Dylan Phila and their two boys $300 every month that goes towards their support and their ministry, right? It's coming alongside and enabling them to, to just to do life there in India. And so it's two ways that you financially can get invested. I want to encourage you, um, even today as we begin to pray for them in the upcoming weeks coming into the into the end of the year, to say, God, what would you have us do as a family or as an individual to financially engage and invest into the Phila's or into the Phila's via Daughters of Hope? Okay, so with that, uh, you guys can go ahead and be seated. I'll take that microphone back. We're going to go into a unique time of prayer here, and then we're going to take some time a little bit and pray for them, but just not quite yet. So.